questions abound over the identity and the characteristics of the Antichrist. Everyone has an opinion, but what does the Bible say? On today's edition of the End Time Show, we're going to focus on the most ominous end time figure in Scripture, the Antichrist. He is the prophesied European politician who will rule the entire world, acquiring his seat, power, and great authority from Satan himself. So don't touch that dial. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of The End Time Show. Over the years, I have heard many opinions, teachings, different books and articles and different things about the Antichrist. Some, many have said that, hey, he is Satan in a body form, that he is the son of Satan that the Antichrist would be a, a Jew from the tribe of Dan and born in Babylon, that he will be the Pope, that he is the Islamic Mahdi, the Islamic Messiah, uh, that artificial intelligence will be the Antichrist. The Antichrist is Hitler, Gorbachev, Donald Trump, Obama, uh, Vladimir Putin, and I mean many different people all down through the years. They've also said the Antichrist is a machine I mean, the list goes on forever and forever, it seems like. One person claimed that the Antichrist will be killed or die a physical human death in the end. But we know that's, that's not true, right? Revelation 13.3 says, And I saw one of the, his heads as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. Well, the beast referred to here is a nation not the physical Antichrist. This is describing the world government that he will lord over. The next few verses transition into the physical man, the Antichrist. Revelation 19.20 disproves this because it says, And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them that worshipped his image. These both, the Antichrist and the false prophet, at the second coming of Jesus Christ, were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone. The Antichrist is not going to be to die a physical human death. The Bible says there's a nation that will be wounded nigh unto death, not the physical Antichrist. If you're understanding the Revelation chapter 13, verse 1 through 8, it describes both the world governing body and the Antichrist as the beast but it talks about both of them. It starts with the world government, then transitions into the Antichrist. So what I wanted to do is to kind of maybe do a deep dive into the Antichrist. I talked about World War III yesterday. World War III is going to be the entrance ramp for the Antichrist. So I want to make sure that because of all the different teachings that are out there, that we know the characteristics. There's about 53 specific prophecies in the Bible concerning the Antichrist. Different characteristics, different things he will do. And so we, we certainly want to make sure that um, we understand these prophecies, right? 
I wonder if the Antichrist will be a coffee drinker. Everybody around here is a coffee drinker. I wonder if the Antichrist will be. Maybe he'll drink Kool-Aid. I don't know. But first, let me talk about first cup coffee, and then we'll do a deep dive into this Antichrist topic. You know, you can imagine we're essentially working around the clock to keep up with all of these different prophetic fulfillments. Energized and motivated by our God-given purpose, thankfully we have first cup coffee to fuel us here at End Time Ministries. They're a Christian-owned Patriot Coffee Company of the, out of the great state of Texas. They've got 11 different roasts that you can choose from. Each one's named after a specific piece of American history. Go to firstcup.com, use code ENDTIME to get 10% off. If you subscribe, they'll give you another 10% off. So go to firstcup.com, use code ENDTIME to get your 10% off today. Now, what I wanted to do is that I, I, always, every time we teach something, we're going to the Bible. Because it, it's not what my opinion is, or, you know, opinions can vary. But I want to know what the Bible specifically says. And here's something you have to understand if you're going to understand who the Antichrist is and be able to, to recognize his power base and different characteristics uh, uh, around him. I've heard people ask in different interviews, I have people send me stuff like you cannot imagine. Books and letters and different, hey Dave, watch this YouTube clip. And so I've watched a few of the YouTube clips and I've heard different people that write on these subjects, different teachers, they'll say, um, who, who do you think the Antichrist is? How will we recognize him and things like that? And I've never heard anybody go to Daniel chapter two. And listen to me, this is very important. It is impossible to comprehend the prophecies concerning the Antichrist if you do not understand the prophecy of the Holy Roman Empire in Daniel 2. Many, many teachers will go right to a specific prophecy uh, that they found and say, well, this says um, the Antichrist is going to do this, so it's got to be X person over in... Um, you know, in, in the, the Middle East somewhere, or maybe in Africa, or maybe he'll be this figure somewhere that are, um, is in the news lately. And I'm like, you're not even going back to the Holy Roman Empire and understand what the Antichrist kingdom will look like. So that is a foundational teaching that you absolutely must understand to be able to recognize who the Antichrist is. Some people say that the Antichrist, that the... Um, they get the, the Antichrist and the Pope mixed up. Some people have said that the Pope will be the Antichrist. I mean, there's just all kinds of teachings out there. So we need to understand the Holy Roman Empire in Daniel 2. I'm going to give you a very condensed version, but if you do not understand this prophecy, it will be impossible to understand many of the things and the characteristics and how to recognize the Antichrist figure when he comes on the scene. So we're going back to Daniel 2. And we're going to start with Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Before I do that, let me mention that I will be doing an end time prophecy conference here in Garland, Texas, uh, this coming January 13th. It's this Saturday from 6 to 8 p.m. I'll be teaching the Green Horseman and World War III. And then Sunday morning, uh, I'm sorry, January 14th, Sunday evening, 6 to 8 p.m., I'll be doing the Breaking Prophecy News, and we'll have a time of Q&A between the audience and myself. We'll be bantering back and forth. 
And that's going to be held at 502 Beltline Road, right here in Garland, Texas, at uh, North Cities UPC. And so certainly would love to see you. We've done it there every year for, I don't know, probably 20 years maybe. I don't, maybe, maybe um, so I know it's been a long, long time. So uh, that is my home church. Me and, me and Vince and Doug all go there. And so I uh, look forward to seeing you guys there this weekend, this Saturday, 6 to 8 p.m., Sunday night, 6 to 8 p.m., and we'll be teaching some prophecy. A lot of things going on in the news right now you need to know about. So uh, brand new lessons this year. It's going to be awesome. Okay, Nebuchadnezzar's dream. you got to understand this. It's, uh, let's talk, so the, the first prophetic account of the end-time world governing structure or Holy Roman Empire is found back in Daniel chapter 2, verse 31 through 45. And it occurs when Nebuchadnezzar, the king of the Babylonian Empire, has a dream that neither he nor his wise men can remember or interpret. However, God gives Daniel a vision of the dream and the interpretation which he reveals to King Nebuchadnezzar. In the dream, Nebuchadnezzar saw a great statue with a head of gold, uh, arms and breast of silver, belly and thighs of brass, legs of iron, and feet, of, of, feet and toes uh, were iron mingled with clay. After this, he noticed that there was a large stone came and smashed, okay, it was carved out of the mountain, came rolling down the mountain, smashed the image on the feet, very important, where, the, where this stone comes down, and it destroyed the entire global governing structure. So the interpretation revealed to King Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel 2, verses 36 through 45, it shows us that the five metal sections of the image represent the five empires that would rule the world from the time of, during their era, from the time of Babylon until the establishment of the kingdom of God upon the earth. It's going to be about a roughly a 2,600 year span. So the first empire was Nebuchadnezzar's Babylonian empire, the head of gold. And that ruled from 604 BC to about 539 BC. Then came the Medes and the Persians, and that was um, controlled by King Darius and King Cyrus. They were dual uh, rulers, and that lasted from 539 to about 331 B.C. That's the arms and breast of silver. The third empire to rule the world between uh, 331 and 197 B.C. was the Grecian Empire. Remember Alexander the Great? That's the belly and thighs of brass on the image. The fourth was the Roman Empire from 197 B.C. to 284-ish A.D., legs of iron. That, was the, the, that, the, that empire was the strongest of all. And then the last empire. Now, it's very important. The, the, many people teach that there are only four empires on Nebuchadnezzar's vision in Daniel chapter 2. If you only believe that there are four empires, you're going to be very messed up when you try to figure out some of the prophecies of the Antichrist in the future. Because you're going to believe that the, and probably will have been taught that the Daniel 7 and the four beasts in Daniel 7's image is a mirror image of the 
Nebuchadnezzar's vision in Daniel chapter 2. If you go to try to figure everything out with that in mind, your foundation of Bible prophecy is going to be way off. You're, you're not going to understand about the nations that are going to be involved in the world governing empire in the end time. I mean, you're going to get a lot of, there's a lot of prophecy you will not be able to interpret unless you get these things right here. So, Daniel 2, uh, the, the Roman Empire, the last empire, that was the second to the last empire, the last empire to rule the earth, will be the Holy Roman Empire. That's the feet of the iron mingled with clay on this big statue of Nebuchadnezzar's. So the final empire, that began in, again, I'm skipping a lot of stuff here because I want to make sure I get this, uh, I'll give you a real condensed version. But the final empire actually began in 800 A.D., when Pope Leo III crowned Charlemagne the first emperor of the Holy Roman Empire. Don't think Roman Empire. This is different. This is the Holy Roman Empire. And it had elements of the, of the, the, the first empire, the Roman Empire, but it had another element added in, which was a, a religious uh, leadership element. And that's going to end at the second coming of Jesus Christ, which was the large stone that come rolling down of the hill in Daniel 2. And he's going to destroy all the governments of men and establish his kingdom here on the earth. The final empire, the Holy Roman Empire, will rule the entire earth in the very near future. Now, when I do a radio or television interview and they ask me about the Antichrist, I immediately go to this prophecy. Because it, somebody says, uh, Dave, who's the Antichrist? Explain this. And I start just explaining characteristics that could be people all over the earth might have those characteristics. But when you understand, and how I say so-and-so on the program, how can, you, um, how can your listeners identify the Antichrist in the very near future and, and things leading up to the abomination of desolation and things like that? I don't start with the abomination of desolation. I go back to the Holy Roman Empire. Now, we're going to end up getting to the abomination of desolation, but you really need to understand the characteristics the, um, and the origin. Where, what's the power base of the Antichrist? And there's a lot of prophecies that surround that. So the final empire that will rule the world in the very near future, and you understand this now, that's going to be the Holy Roman Empire. That's going to be the governing structure. Well, that being true, and knowing that we're in the end time, then the Holy Roman Empire must already exist, right? And if so, what is it today? Well, the Holy Roman Empire, so um, after the decline of the Roman Empire, it seemed that the vision of a united Europe had all but died, right? However, that dream was brought back to life when Pope Leo III crowned Charlie Mang, the first emperor of the Holy Roman Empire, on Christmas Day, December 25th, 800 A.D., the Holy Roman Empire was designed from the very beginning to rule Europe as a partnership between politics and religion. Remember the feet of iron mingled with clay in Nebuchadnezzar's dream. There was an element added in that was not iron. The rest of them were gold, uh, silver, brass, iron, and then there, then there was this element of clay added in. The iron symbolized the political element and the clay represents the religious factor mixed in. The feet of iron mingled with clay symbolizes the Holy Roman Empire.
So after 800 AD, the Holy Roman Empire dominated Europe for the next, uh, right at about a thousand years. And its leadership was always comprised of the most powerful political leader in Europe, working alongside the strongest religious force in Europe, the Roman Catholic Church. The Pope was always the leader of the religious side. Now, it, it, you say, well, what's the difference in the Roman Empire or the Holy Roman Empire? The leadership. The, the Roman Empire, there was the Caesar. The Holy Roman Empire, the most powerful political leader from Rome, the most powerful religious leader, uh, the most powerful political leader from Europe, the most powerful religious leader from Rome, which was always the Pope. There was two leaders that worked side by side in the Holy Roman Empire. That's the way the end time scenario is going to play out, this end time world government. Many historians, although they, you know, they pronounced the Holy Roman Empire dead after Napoleon de defeated Francis II in 1806, European and Vatican officials never gave up on the dream of a Holy Roman Empire. And that dream is now being realized. This is what you have to understand to understand about the Antichrist. On November 3rd, 2009, when the last European Union country, the Czech Republic, ratified the Lisbon Treaty, that became Europe's first constitution. The Holy Roman Empire was reborn at that point. The Holy Roman Empire is the current European Union. So when somebody says, well, hey, the ant when you're asked about the Antichrist and somebody says, I mean, there have been books written on this, all kinds of stuff. Well, the, Holy, uh, the uh, Antichrist is going to come from um, Saudi Arabia. You can say, no, he's coming from the European Union. The, whole, the Antichrist is coming from, um, you know, Southeast Asia. No, he's coming from the European Union. But no, no, wait, wait, wait a minute, Dave. He, he's really coming from South America somewhere. This new leader came up that had all the characteristics uh, or many of the characteristics from a, a, a biblical, um, the biblical uh, prophecies of the Antichrist, and you can say, no, he's coming from the Holy Roman Empire, the European Union. But no, Dave, hold on a minute. The coming Islamic Mahdi is going to be the Antichrist. And you can say, no, he's coming from the European Union, the Holy Roman Empire. But if you don't understand Daniel 2 and Nebuchadnezzar's vision, you're going to be stuck when you're trying to figure all this stuff out, right? So what I want you to do is that we will see the Antichrist come on the scene over the next few years. On the, on the heels of World War III, that will be the entrance ramp to the Antichrist. I do not want you to be fooled by all of the other things, these many, many, many teachings that have been taught. I want you to know the truth. And I want you to know the truth according to God's Word. And I know that there's a guy, I just, I'll just call his name, that he's passed on now, but there was a guy named Clarence Larkin that wrote a book called Dispensational Truth. And he taught that the four beasts in Daniel 7 were a mere image of Nebuchadnezzar's vision in Daniel 2. That is a false teaching. The, that he taught that the Lion in Daniel 7 was Nebuchadnezzar's Babylonian Empire, that the bear was Media Persia, the leopard was Greece, and that the Ten Horn Kingdom was the Roman Empire. If you, and if you try to figure out prophecy from that, 
you're going to be off from the very get-go. And so I want you to get it right and to understand Nebuchadnezzar's vision and then the four beasts in Daniel 7 were modern nations that would be on the earth at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. Okay, wow. I, I've, I've, uh, I've dug a big hole here, haven't I? <laughs> well, the fact of the matter is, this is the Bible. This is prophecy. And you've got to understand this. So, let me, let me mention Birch Gold, and then we'll get uh, off a little deeper into this prophecy here. You know, we talk about these world governments. They're world government enthusiasts. I just read a huge article just before I came in here about cashless societies and digital currencies and all this stuff, digital IDs. They're, these, they're world government enthusiasts. They're trying to push these down the throat of the respective populations around the world. And the central bank digital currencies, they can even allow officials to prohibit you from purchasing certain product, easily freeze or seize part of your own your bank accounts. And it gives government or the central banks more control over your finances. There are some concerned Americans are diversifying their assets into physical gold with the help of Birch Gold Group. If you, if you want to, uh, if you're looking maybe to, to um, get a physical asset held in a tax-sheltered retirement, uh, go to birchgold.com slash endtime to get your free info kit on gold. If you have an IRA or a 401k from maybe a previous employer that's just been laying around for years, you maybe have almost forgot about it, Birch Gold can help you convert that into an IRA in gold, and you don't have to pay a penny out of pocket. So go to birchgold.com slash endtime, claim your free info kit on gold, because if digital currency becomes a reality for all, you may wish you had some gold to fall back on. Now, this Holy Roman Empire, you say, Dave, man, you're stuck on that Holy Roman Empire. I have to be, because when I hear everybody else teach about it, nobody goes to the Holy Roman Empire, and so you've got to understand, that's going to be the power base of the Antichrist. The Holy Roman Empire or the... Um, modern-day European Union, that's going to be the center for world power at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. It's not going to be, right now, up uh, since 1945, the United States has been the center. When they built the United Nations, where did they build it? Right up here in New York City, right in the United States, because we have been the principal driver behind the world governing body. But in the, in, in, in the end, the powers are going to swing from the United States over to Europe. And that's, where, that's going to be the power base of the Antichrist. So, there's going to be two leaders. A political leader, which is going to be the Antichrist, and a religious leader, which is going to be the false prophet in the future. There have been two leaders that have always ruled the empire, this Holy Roman Empire. So, that's the way it's going to be run in the end time. During the end time, two leaders, the, the Antichrist, the most powerful political leader from Europe, and the false prophet, the most powerful religious leader from Rome, which will be the Pope at the time of the Antichrist, they will rule this revived Holy Roman Empire or the current European Union. Now, this is going to be the power base of the Antichrist, but the, the powers, the world governing powers, are, gonna, are, there, are going to reside with them as well. The Antichrist is, is the coming one world government dictator. He's alive on the earth right now, has to be. Too much stuff, too much prophecies are being fulfilled right now for him not to even be alive yet. And does he know who he is? No, I, I would highly, highly doubt that. And, but he, he's referred to by many names in Scripture. 
2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 3 through 4, refers to him as the man of sin, the son of perdition. It says, let no man deceive you by any means. For that day, what day? The, the rapture and the second coming of Jesus Christ. Let no man deceive you by any means except there come a falling away first. Uh, the, and the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Talking about the Antichrist here. He will oppose and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sits in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So it, it says that he will be revealed at this event called the abomination of desolation. The Antichrist is going to sit in a rebuilt Jewish temple, proclaimed to be God himself. The Bible says he's revealed at that time. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8 refers to him as that wicked. It says, and then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. The Antichrist is going to be cast alive into the lake of fire when Jesus Christ returns to the earth. That's Revelation 19, 20. And Daniel 7, 8 calls the Antichrist the little horn. Said, I considered the, the, I considered the horns... And behold, there, there came up among them a little horn. The horns are kings. They represent nations. And da in Daniel 7, Daniel said, I beheld the horns of these nations, these kings. Behold, there came up among them a little horn. Come up among three, before of whom the first three were plucked and by the roots. And behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking great things. The little horn in Daniel 7, it's the Antichrist. Daniel 7, 21 through 22 continues, and it says, The little horn will make war against the saints until the Ancient of Days comes. So it's going to happen right here up until the second coming of Jesus Christ. We know the little horn's referring to the Antichrist because other passages tell us this exactly what the Antichrist is going to do. He's going to make war against the saints. Go to Revelation 13, 7. It says, And it was given unto him, the Antichrist, to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given to him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. It's talking about the great tribulation here. It's the same thing Jesus prophesied about in Matthew 24 when he talked about, then will be great tribulation, let them which be in Judea flee. Then will be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of time, no though there will there ever be that bad of tribulation ever again. The, all of these prophecies tie together perfectly. But if you get your foundation off, you're going to be stuck because everything you put on that foundation is going to be off. So we've got to make our teaching align up with the Bible, right? That's what it all comes down to. It's not what I think. If, if, if I found out that I was in air somewhere, according to the Bible, I would change tomorrow. I'd change today. So we've got to get this stuff right because I want to know who this figure is and I want to be telling other people, do not comply with the edicts of this individual. And we'll know who he is before it's over with because the Bible gives us 50-some prophecies letting us know this is the guy. A voice spoke to me and said, I've got something I want to show you. I was so sure God had talked to me and I was stunned by what I saw direct fulfillment 
of this over 2,500-year-old prophecy. The United States will stand with Israel. Why haven't I ever seen this before? One-third of humanity will die. What do these beasts symbolize? The lion, the bear, the leopard. The combined beast from Revelation 13 represents the end-time government of the Antichrist. Understanding the end time. Now streaming on End Time Plus and available to order at endtime.com slash UET. Go to endtime.com slash UET or call 800 End Time. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End Time Show's TV and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning End Time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com slash events to see when Dave will be in a location near you. All right, everybody. So, wow, there, there are many, many prophecies concerning the Antichrist in the Bible. And like I said, there, there's over 50 prophecies specifically devoted to this one individual. And it helps to tie a lot of this stuff together because he's, he's the most ominous figure in the end time. Satan is going to be working directly through the Antichrist. And so we need to understand and recognize who he is, right? I mean, I don't want to have believed my entire life that he's going to come out of somewhere in, uh, out of a well somewhere in Iran as an Islamic uh, Mahdi figure, and then when he comes out of Europe, I don't even know who he is, right? No, we got to teach this stuff correctly. So, the Antichrist is also referred to as the beast in Revelation 13, 4 through 5. The Bible says, and they worship the dragon, Satan, which gave power unto the beast, this Antichrist figure, and they worship the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things. Remember back in Daniel 7, it talks about the little horn had a mouth speaking great things. It's the same thing, same individual. And he spoke great things and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue 42 months. This is the, 40, this is the time of the, the great tribulation here. The, the three and a half year period. Some places it says time times and half a time, or time times and the dividing of time, or 1260 days, or 42 months. It's all the same thing, three and a half years. That's the length of the Great Tribulation. The Antichrist was given power to war against the saints. Where does he get his power from? Satan himself. Remember the war in heaven in Revelation 12, where the Bible says, Satan come down unto you having great wrath, and he persecuted the woman, which is Israel in the chapter, and those that have the testimony of Jesus Christ. The, the Satan will give the Antichrist power and dominion to do the persecuting. All of these prophecies tie together perfectly. Almost every time a beast, and I say almost every time a beast, in the Bible, um, there is a beast in the Bible prophecy. It represents a kingdom or a nation. Uh, there are some beasts in Revelation chapter 4, 
uh, which are cherubims. But almost every other time, a beast in Bible prophecy uh, is a, a nation, along with the ruler of that kingdom or nation. So sometimes the word beast refers to the world government of the end time. Other times it refers to the ruler of the world government. But the name most commonly associated with this end time world government dictator is Antichrist. And in our present day, this coming ruler is going to be called by the name Antichrist. Why? Because I will be calling him Antichrist. His, his name might be John Smith or Javier, whatever. I don't know at this point. But there will come a time when we can come on the radio and go on TV and say, so-and-so is the Antichrist. He's the guy that we've been waiting to come on the scene. You say, Dave, are you scared of him? No. You say, but you just said he was one of the most ominous figures in end-time Bible prophecy. He will be. But I'm not scared of him. The fact of the matter is, is that I have the Holy Ghost. The Bible says, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I'm not afraid of Satan. I am leery of Satan, but I'm not afraid of him. The Bible says, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. The Bible says, for we know that all things work together for good to them who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So, I'm serving God. If I've got God on my side, what's there to fear? We do talk about the Antichrist, but I'd like to sit down and teach him a Bible study. My father-in-law said he'd like to meet him sometime because he would like to see how somebody who's demon-possessed acted around somebody who was full of the Holy Ghost. You say, that's a, that's, a, that's a unique mindset. That's the way the church, that's the mindset the church should have. I'm not afraid of the world government and all this other stuff coming. Yeah, I talk about it, and I know it's coming down the pike. But the thing is, if I get, if I get afraid and I start functioning in fear mode, I won't even want to get out of bed in the morning. I want to pull the covers back up over my head and say, oh, I, 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 can't, I, I can't go out and witness and teach and preach the gospel of the kingdom of God and go to Israel and do everything else that we do. The Jerusalem Prophecy College and all that stuff. If I get in fear mode, I'm stuck. I'm putting a jail cell in my mind. So am I afraid of the Antichrist? No. I'm a child of God. I have the power of God. All I have to do is pray and say, God help me. And he's right there every time. I believe that. So we're talking about it today, and there's a lot of people that need to be in the mindset that I'm at. The Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of sound mind. So am I afraid of the Antichrist? No, I'm not. I, ju I just am not. And so uh, because I don't want to be put in a jail cell, I don't want to get to put to the point where I can't reach out to people uh, across the world and try to win them to God and build the kingdom of God because I'm afraid that an antichrist is going to come down on my head. Not going to get in that fear mode. I'm going to teach and preach the gospel of the kingdom of God all around the world until I hear the trumpet sound someday or I go by the way of the grave. That's the way end time ministries is going to function, everybody. And I know that a lot of you have bought into that. You bought into this vision. I mean, it, what, there's nothing more important than teaching and preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God around the world. We're doing it in every nation. And so that's my goal, is to re teach and preach the gospel. You want to know what the, what's the goal of end time ministries? 
It's building the kingdom of God, preparing people for the soon return of Jesus Christ. And talking about this right now, knowing this guy is probably alive on the earth today and is going to come on the scene before very long, I mean, they are pushing, 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 driving for a two-state solution. I just read an article before I came in here that uh, Ben Salman over Saudi Arabia said, hey, we're willing to do a normalization deal with Israel. One condition, you sign an agreement with, you, have it, you make a two-state solution uh, situation with the Palestinians. That was his only condition, and we will normalize relations with you. Now, Israel would love to do that. Whether they're willing to, at this point to do a two-state solution deal, I don't know. That, to me, in my opinion, and I say opinion, that's going to be on the heels of World War III. So, is the Antichrist alive right now? I mean, I don't see how he can't be, everybody. So... We need to have programs like this that help us to recognize what to look for. Where's he coming from? What are the characteristics? Uh, 1 John 2.18 says, little children. It is, a lot of people have said, well, the Antichrist didn't even mention in the Bible. What? Which Bible are you reading? 1 John 2.18 says, little children. It is the last time. And as you have heard that Antichrist singular shall come. Even now there are many Antichrists, plural. So John actually taught that there would be a person referred to as the Antichrist in the future, whereby we know now um, that it is the last time. So there are some who claim the word Antichrist is not in the Bible, but as we see, that's simply not the case. John understood that there was an individual ruler, the Antichrist. John also said that there are many Antichrists, plural. Of course, there are Antichrists on the world. Anybody who's anti Jesus Christ, they're an antichrist. And he said, John was saying this because there were many people at that time who had the spirit of antichrist who were claiming, some of them actually claimed to be Christ. But the end time antichrist, he's going to do that as well. John said there are many antichrists with an S, plural, in the world, but there will be a singular ruler and antichrist that will come and the Bible gives us prophecy after prophecy to recognize who he is. So Antichrist means against Christ. To be Antichrist is, to be anti is against. So it means in the place of or, or against Christ. And where will the Antichrist come from? Very, very, very important. The man who is against Christ, who wants to replace Christ. I mean, is he going to be from an Islamic country? Maybe from Europe. Uh, could he be from America? Now you understand. You, it's impossible to answer that question unless you understand Nebuchadnezzar's vision in Daniel 2. The Bible tells us in Daniel 7, 8, I considered the horns, referring to the ten horns, the ten horns that will support the Antichrist. What are the ten horns? I'll tell you it as soon as I'm done mentioning Ready Pantry. The... When we're talking about these end times, a lot of people want to know, how can I prepare physically? And, you know, as Americans, we want to believe that the, the, the grocery stores are always going to be there. And, 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 you know, we've seen a few years ago the supply chain could quickly collapse. Food supplies could diminish. I mean, anything can happen, right? You say, Dave, are you scared? No. 
but I've got a few buckets of this food sitting around for any kind of catastrophe. So I pray, but I prepare, right? There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not a prepper, but there's nothing wrong with having something for any kind. The, the lights go out, anything. So what if there's a way that you could have an affordable three-month emergency supply of food or nine-month or 12-month? Well, there is. Readypantry.com slash endtime. It offers amazing 25-year shelf-stable food. They have breakfast, lunch, dinners, desserts. I mean, and not to mention that there's kind of a peace of mind knowing that you have an emergency supply of food ready for anything, any kind of catastrophe. So Ready Pantry, they're an American-based company. All the products are sourced right here in America. You're not going to get something grown in a lab in Wuhan. And many long-term food storage companies on the Internet, they're selling stuff that's been in the warehouse for years. Ready Pantry doesn't do that. You're going to get the freshest products packaged within the last few months, and that's what's going to be delivered to your door. So go to Ready Pantry. They offer um, discounts up to 20% off for 3 to 12 month supplies. Go to readypantry.com slash endtime. Use code endtime, and you can save an additional 10% off on your order. You never pay shipping, and you can also stock your pantry with uh, buy now, pay later options that are available at checkout by going to readypantry.com slash endtime. Okay, so if you remember back in Daniel 7, 8, it said, I considered the horns. Behold, there came up among them another little horn, before whom the, there were the first of the three plucked up, horns plucked up by the roots, and behold, in the horns were eyes, the eyes of a man and a mouth speaking great things. This is telling us that the Antichrist will come out of the ten-horned kingdom, a ten-king alliance. These horns represent kings. The Antichrist is going to come out of these ten kings because he's going to uproot three of the kings. Which ten kings? What are we talking about here? Well, the ten kings in Daniel 7 are the exact same ten kings symbolized by the ten toes on the image of Daniel 2. The ten toes were the last part of the image in Daniel chapter 2. Uh, go to uh, Daniel 2.44. It says, and in the days of these kings. Now, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm in Daniel 2 now, not in Daniel 7. In the days of these kings, these last ten kings, symbolized by the toes on Nebuchadnezzar's image, shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom in those days, shall the God set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. So the ten toes in Daniel 2 are the exact same thing as the ten horns in Daniel 7. So when we tie all these prophecies in together, you can say, oh my goodness, I now know where the Antichrist is going to come from. They that understand what is taking place will instruct many. Except a man is born again, he can enter or see the kingdom of God. I don't care what label you've been given or what label you've given yourself, you are essential. You still matter. This is a journey, and when we get to the other side of that, that's where our prize is, that's where our reward is.
time is not going anywhere. You know, in Daniel chapter 2, when Jesus comes, if you're reading Daniel chapter 2, and it talks about the stone coming out of the mountain, it's talking about when Jesus comes. When Jesus comes, He's going to smite this image on the feet. In other words, He doesn't smite it at, on the head. Or during, it, it, Jesus doesn't come back during the Babylonian Empire. Okay? It's very, you understand, you got to understand the symbolism of all this. He hits the image on the feet and the whole system of world government. In other words, he's going to come back during the time of the Holy Roman Empire. And the whole system of world government and human government is going to come crashing down. The legs of this image were the legs representing the Roman Empire that ruled, um, you know, for about 500 years to about almost 300 AD. And then the last segment of the image representing the five world governments that would rule the world from about 600 B.C. until the Second Coming, that's the iron uh, mingled with clay. That's the iron. The iron was the Roman Empire. The feet and toes of iron mingled with clay, that symbolizes the Holy Roman Empire. So notice the iron element has been carried over into and is now mixed with another element, the clay. The Holy Roman Empire, which has always been from Europe. The ten toes of iron mingled with clay. So this means the Ten Horn Kingdom is going to come from Europe, from the Holy Roman Empire. Verse 44 says, In the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. The Antichrist is going to come up among ten horns, or the ten toes, same thing, and that proves conclusively that he will arise out of the revived Holy Roman Empire. I, 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 the, uh, a lot of people have asked us, well, could Donald Trump be the Antichrist? No. Could Obama be the Antichrist? No. Could Bill Gates be the Antichrist? No. Now, a couple of those guys may kind of fit the bill a little bit, but they, they're, they're not from Europe. They're not European political leaders. The ruler of the Holy Roman Empire has always come from Europe. And the last ruler of the revived Holy Roman Empire, the Antichrist, will also come from Europe. The Antichrist kingdom is depicted in Revelation 13. The, the, the depiction is divided up into three sections. Revelation 13, 1-8 describes the Antichrist and his end-time world government. Revelation 13, 11-15 refers to the religious partner, the false prophet. And then the religious, uh, the Revelation 13, 16-18 that foretells the one world economic system that they will use to force obedience and compliance to the edicts of their one world government and the one world religious system. Revelation 13, 1-2 says, And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns. Upon his horns, ten crowns, and this is the same ten horns that are in Daniel 7, same thing as the ten toes in Daniel 2. And upon his head's the name of blasphemy. And the beast, which I saw, had the body of the leopard, feet of the bear, mouth of the lion, ten, uh, and the dragon given his power, seat, and great authority. 
The dragon is Satan. So the beast, or this kingdom with its ruler, symbolizes the last day world government and the ruler of that. This last day world government will include most of the nations on the earth today as well as the reborn Holy Roman Empire. The ten nation union will come out of this reborn Holy Roman Empire. The beast had the body of the leopard, feet of the bear, mouth of the lion, ten horns of the ten horn kingdom. These beasts, uh, which symbolize separate kingdoms in Daniel 7, they've now merged into a single kingdom, which is going to be the one world government, through the process of globalization. The Antichrist will eventually rule this world government. When I talked about World War III yesterday on the radio, on the heels of World War III, this is why it's important that you understand that the, uh, on the heels of World War I, in the mind of the international community, the answer to that was a world government to keep a world war from ever happening again. So they had the League of Nations. The League of Nations failed. So guess what? They had another world war, World War II. On the heels of that, in the mind of the international community, what was the answer to world war? World government. That was when the United Nations was established. But that hasn't worked as good as they want it to. It doesn't have, it doesn't have um, full dictatorial powers. So guess what's coming, folks? World War III. The Bible tells us that. On the heels of World War III, in the mind of the international community, it's already pre-programmed. we got to have a stronger world government. And so, when the World War III hits, on the heels of that, we're going to move off into a fully functioning world governing body. This is when nations will yield up their sovereignty, yield up their armies, yield up their food production, yield up everything, everything that makes them a nation. They will, they'll do away with their borders, and they're going to create a global state that answers to a world governing body, and the Antichrist will eventually usurp authority over that world governing body. That's what's coming in the very near future. That's why when I'm sitting here watching this scenario going on in the Middle East, which could, if we haven't already begun, could lead to World War III, especially with the nuclear situation with Iran and everything that's going on, then I know it's only going to be a short period of time that war is going to take place. We're going to move into a fully functioning world governing body on the backside of that. And that is when they will, it appears they'll look at the Palestinians and the Israelis and they'll say, you guys are going to sign a peace agreement whether you want to or not. You guys may be the, if, if, if the scenario plays out like this, if, I say, if you guys were the ones that started this war, then you guys are going to, we're not going to put up with all this bickering and fighting. You guys are going to sign an agreement. And if it is the prophesied agreement, it'll last seven years. Jesus Christ comes back, the Battle of Armageddon happens, and the whole thing wraps up. Now, that's, that, it looks like that's going to be the end time scenario right there. Those are the things that happen in the end time. Those are the things we're watching for. And, I mean, this needs to be told on every news source in America and around the world. This is what's going to happen. happen. This is Bible Prophecy 101. And, I mean, I, when I uh, was in Israel and over the last several months, actually the last couple years, but really, really over the last several months here, 
I've been on a lot of radio and different television interviews and things like that. People that should know this stuff, they're just kind of like, well, you know, uh, Dave, tell us about, you know, some of the basic Bible prophecy stuff. All these guys should understand this. Sean Hannity, Tucker Carlson, Glenn Beck, uh, all these people, Ben Shapiro, all of them need to understand Bible prophecy. They're coming at this from a totally secular viewpoint. They all do a good job from a secular mindset, but they don't understand Bible prophecy. Bible prophecy is the, is the thing that gives us the answers. Everybody needs to know this stuff. And so that, that's, it's very important. We put out the DVDs, the book, Understanding the End Time. I don't know how many thousands of these things we've sold. Everybody wants to know, Understanding the End Time. And so all of this information I've given you today, all of that stuff's in these books. Now, that we give updated stuff every day on the radio and TV and different things and in our magazine and all that, but, I mean, this stuff's coming right. We're staring this right in the face. It's happening all around us. The establishment of the world governing body, it's happening. And the Bible tells us the nations that are included in the world governing body in the end time. Germany, Russia, Great Britain, the, the ten nation alliance that comes from the reborn Holy Roman Empire or the current European Union. You say, but Dave, there are, uh, what, 27, 28 nations in the European Union right now. That's why I've talked to you many times about the two-tier situation they're trying to create or that they would like to create, I should say, where the top-tier nations would be the ones that are willing to fully yield up their sovereignty and just go just headlong right into a, uh, the, a European Union world-governing situation. And then there are some nations that are saying, eh, I want to be a part of the economic structure of the European Union, but I really don't want to yield up all my sovereignty, so we're going to hold back. So they're saying, hey, to keep a Brexit from ever happening again, Let's create a two-tier situation. We could still have the economic might and power of the European Union, all these nations, but yet some of the nations don't want to fully yield their sovereignty, so we'll have the top tier for that. Well, it looks like that's what's going to happen because the Bible says ten nations will come up and give in complete, be in complete alliance with the Antichrist in the end time. Now that's the scenario what's coming in the near future. Now there are a lot of other prophecies uh, that I could go through concerning the Antichrist. I mean, he's, you know, the Bible says he's, um, he understands dark sentences and all that kind of stuff. I'll do programs on that in the future, me and Doug and Vince. But you, this, without understanding the scenario that I went through today, it, I could go through all those prophecies and you still, because they're kind of... Um, you know, you could maybe tie some of them to uh, Vladimir Putin, or maybe some of them to a um, uh, the, the the one of the ayatollahs of Iran. I mean, he, some of them kind of fill some of the characteristics. But once you understand where he's coming from, and you understand all the prophecies that tie in with each other, then we'll be able to understand who this guy is when he comes on the scene. I will be on the radio doing cartwheels up on this desk saying, he's the guy, he's the guy. Uh, because when he comes on the scene and he is revealed, when he signs the peace agreement that starts the final seven years in the end time, Daniel 9.27, we're not going to know who he is. We, we might have a clue, but I won't be able to say he's the guy 
for another three and a half years. But when he goes to the abomination of desolation and stands in that rebuilt Jewish temple and says, you guys don't need these sacrifices anymore. I'm the Messiah. I'm the 12th Imam. I'm the Mahdi. I'm the Messiah to the Jews. I'm, the, I'm Jesus Christ to the Christians. Then when he does that, then we've got three and a half years left, and that's when the second coming of Jesus Christ is going to happen. The battle of Armageddon happens, and folks, we're out of here. God establishes his kingdom here on the earth for 1,000 years. We have the great white throne of judgment, and we go off into eternity to be with the Lord. Now that's the way this thing wraps up. So what do we got to do? Everybody listening to me today, you need to be born again. If you have not, Jesus said, except a man has been born again, he can't enter or see the kingdom of God. That's John 3. Read John 3, 1 through 7. So I've, I've got to be born again. How do I born again? Man, uh, I'm about out of time here. Go to endtime.com slash reborn. All the information's right there. What do I got to do to be saved, Dave? Go to endtime.com slash reborn. We, there's a, a, a um, document for you to read. It's got all the verses. It's got all the scriptures. It's got everything laid out there in great detail. If you need to do something, do it. Because God's coming back before very long to establish his kingdom here on the earth, and we have to be ready to meet him. You say, well, I'm just going to amble along here, and, you know, I'll just, God will figure it all out on the other side. Uh-uh. The Bible says, present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is just your reasonable service. I've got to live for God if I want to go to heaven. I can't live any way I want and then think, well, you know, the Lord will just make an allowance. That's not the way the scripture reads. Jesus told Nicodemus, a religious ruler of that day, a, a religious Jew, Nicodemus, marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. There's only one way in, folks, and that's Jesus Christ. So, be born again. The Antichrist certainly Unless we're just missing something, Antichrist has to be alive on the earth today, somewhere, some way. And all these things, I mean, everything's happening. World government, world religion, precursors of the mark of the beast. World War III is just around the corner. It's all coming down. And I've got to be ready to meet the Lord. And I've got to teach and preach the gospel of the kingdom of God to this entire world. Because we're in the end time.